Hey, welcome to the Tom Ferry Show. Today I'm introducing you to seven extraordinary individuals and their thoughts on success. Hey, welcome to the Tom Ferry Show. Today, I wanna reveal for you and answer a question that I get more than anything else, which is Tom, what is the thing that makes people so wildly successful? And, and when I look back over the totality of my life, it's, it's mentorship, it's exposure, it's ultimately what one of my mentors called the arc of perspective, seeing things differently so you can go out and take action and dominate in whatever landscape you're interested in. So what I decided to do today is do a little mashup of eight people that I look to as inspiration, as friendship, as mentor, as an arc of perspective, starting with a guy named Mike Vance. Mike was my mentor between 28 and 30 years old, a, a personal coach, a mentor, if you will, where we talked all the time about what was possible. Now, for context, so you understand, he worked for a guy named Walt Disney for the last eight years of Walt's life. He was the dean of the Disney University. He launched Orlando. He helped create things like the Magic Kingdom Club Card, Mondays for Schools. He did so many things for Walt. And when he left, he didn't just finish there. He took on another young mentor, a guy you probably heard of named Steve Jobs, and mentored Steve for years during the early days and towards the end of his career along with people like Mother Teresa and Jack Welch. So when you talk about the arc of perspective and why I think differently, it's because of Mike. Enjoy this. There should be a sign up here back of me that, that really says Walt Disney because much of what I am, I owe to the good luck that I had to work with Walt. And I think one of the keys, one of the really big ideas that I learned from Walt, if you want to really think out of the box, build highly creative organizations uh, that is, you always give credit to people who deserve the credit. You never usurp other people's ideas. You never plagiarize people's ideas. You never let people get sucked up into the anonymity of teams, but rather make sure that there is signature and, and make sure that the individual, more than any other time, uh, is given the recognition that they deserve. It's one of the big things that we're not doing as well as we could do today in teamwork is the individual recognition, and it will be a weak, weak link if we don't do it. It was one of the things that Walt Disney was so great at. I'm sure some of you here perhaps know Walt, during his lifetime, received 41 Academy Awards. I don't believe there's anybody ever came even close to receiving 41 Academy Awards. I don't imagine any of you, however, know that he never went to receive one of them himself. The only exception that he ever made, he went, uh, Shirley Temple wanted to give him, some of you remember, little, uh, he got a statuette that had seven little dwarfs on it. It had the, the regular Academy Award, then seven little dwarf Academy Awards. That's the only one he ever went to get. And the reason was, this was his out-of-the-box thinking. He said, I didn't do it. Send the team to get the Academy Award that worked on the project. That tells you everything you need to know about Walt Disney, what kind of a person he was, that as leader, he didn't usurp the stage, he didn't take the credit, he wasn't the big man. And that's how you build magnificent teams, that's how you build great new companies, great organizations like you've got here, is to really make sure that the credit goes where it should go. I hope you enjoyed that. 
In 2009, I met this character. I hired him to speak at one of my summits, and boy, was it an absolute hoot. Today, he's arguably the most influential, most successful entrepreneur in the social landscape. You've probably seen it before. Here's my pal Gary Vaynerchuk. Here's what I mean. Some people have made millions of dollars because they were good at six-second vines, yep. right? Other people have made millions of dollars because they knew how to make Star Wars. You can do anything. Like, so the reason I love the camera and following around is because you can get all three categories out of it. You can get video, you can transcribe it into audio, and then you can get a writer, because what they have to do is watch this, get a theme, maybe it's selling versus branding, but then they have to ask me four direct questions to round out the article, and then turn it into first person, and then that becomes my LinkedIn article. But you have to understand, one article of 31 years of real estate and the 31 things that I've learned as a LinkedIn post, is money making. I'm telling you guys that right now. And you have to understand, some people want to go and then monetize as being the person. Some of you don't want to build your personal brand. I just think you'll sell a lot more real estate. When you put out content, as long as for you and you and everybody at home, that it is not there solely to be a top of the funnel gatherer. The reason content marketing doesn't work the way it was traditionally taught is it was its intent, its seed, was to create awareness to get you into a funnel to collect your email and phone to make a sale. It's like bad parenting. If it's flawed, the tactics don't matter. You made content, you wrote a good title so Google would put you on the homepage so people would land and give you a phone number and an email so that you could call them and sell them something. If you can get out of that and you literally just make the content to bring people value, the practicality of the karma is extraordinary. If you wrote the 31 years and 31 tips along with the 31 years in real estate for the sake of helping my sister and everybody that looks like her, and that's it, not to get the triple A people to become part of your team, you will get the triple A people to come part of your team. It is super counterintuitive, but it is fundamentally the obvious thing and it does not come natural to people because we don't deploy empathy and we don't deploy patience and we don't deploy a lot of things that are all the, all these soft and warm feelings are the magic of the killers of the world and people don't see it. So, if you believe that right now is the single greatest time on the planet to be alive, talk about an arc of perspective, you're gonna dig Peter Diamandis. What, what's the last yeah. piece of advice you would So share? listen, your mindset is your most important asset. How you think the world is going. If you're negative, if you're fearful, what kind of investments are you gonna make with your money and your time mm -hmm. uh, and how are you gonna grow? Your mindset's key and then educating yourself is key, right? How do, you, how do you keep yourself abreast of what the technologies are? If nothing else, so that you can start to, when they become available, you're one of the first agents to say, yeah, I wanna experiment with that. If you have a mindset which is so retrospective, you're fearful of the future versus anticipating and being excited about the future, then how do you educate yourself? Where do you go to find out what's going on in augmented reality, in robotics, and AI, and so forth? But it's about educating yourself, right? You are, your mindset and your knowledge is your most important asset. And, and this is the most extraordinary time ever to be alive for you, for your kids, for the world. Yes, yes. Staying in that theme of mindset matters, Tom Bilyeu is someone I met a few years ago who built a billion dollar business using the right mental strategies, a lot of hard work, and social at its very best. 
check out Tom. So once you believe, boys and girls, that you are a human and that humans are the ultimate adaptation machine, then it's merely a question of, am I willing to put in the work? Because the only way that we Thank adapt you. is through stressors. Yep. So like you go into a gym to break the muscle down, right? To put yourself into that fight or flight, to mm -hmm. literally give your body the signal, adapt or die. Yep. Once you give your body that signal, it will adapt, it will change if you put yourself through that. So the growth mindset isn't just thinking it's cool. It's like really an obsession to say, okay, the only way that I'm going to get better and adapt and evolve in the direction that I want to go, it's not enough to believe that. Now you have to put yourself through that process. And once you fall in love with that process, then it becomes a lot, a lot easier because the pain of recognizing that you're wrong is really just a stepping stone to, to doing something even better. And the only people that are really going to succeed are the ones that find the power in that, that realize mm -hmm. that for the human animal to adapt, to grow, to get better, you've got to be willing to suffer and push past the pain point, the difficulty, yeah. the boredom, yeah. which is something a lot of people don't see coming, to be able to push through all of that because you want and believe in that thing you're trying to create so much mm -hmm. That you'll, you know, to quote the mate or um, Shawshank Redemption, you would literally crawl through a river of shit to get to the other side. Yeah. Like, and finding that thing. And I don't think most people are actually excited by the vision of their own future. And because they're not excited, they're actually not trying to make it happen. Can we talk about a dirty secret? Yeah, please. Most of you don't want what you say you want. Like, they don't. And like, deep down in them, there's something that they, that could be, and, and this is the problem, it could be an ember of something that could turn into a raging fire. Yeah. And they think, that there's gonna, they're going to dig around and uncover a raging fire. It doesn't work like that. You mm -hmm. build a raging fire through yep. a process. Yep. Most people aren't excited enough about their future, which is why they don't have the energy to push, which is why they don't have the desperation to mm -hmm. find the path because mm -hmm. they're not excited enough by it. Yep. So if people took the time to develop that excitement, they really would be able to do something extraordinary. And if you haven't done what you want in your life, it's all your fault. So if you're like me and you've got all these ideas now, the one thing that we need to do more than anything else is position ourselves and market ourselves to win. And no one has helped me more than this guy do both those things. Check out my friend Jay Abraham. I have a belief system that everyone in this room has been uh, innately programmed in your DNA for greatness. You want to be great, you have the capacity to be great, and yet if you look statistically one 2% of the people ever even get close to greatness. Now, first thing, you can't be great until you have a context of knowing what greatness is supposed to look like from two different points of view. One, internally, how you're supposed to think, act, communicate, see situations differently. And then second, how they are supposed to be received and acknowledged by the market so you know. If you don't know where to begin, the easiest way is to start thinking about your life uh, directly or indirectly and who out there do you think is great. Problem that most people have and the, and the privilege that I have, I learned long ago a philosophy called optimization. It's nothing more than the highest and best use but you fill in the blank, the highest and best use of your time, your opportunity, your resources, your efforts, your, uh, your interactions, but you can't really optimize if you have a limited context of what's possible. So the first thing you have to do is try to grasp of a larger spectrum of optionality and possibility so you can choose not the most powerful, but the most uh, success probable. You want the easiest, 
not the hardest. Now, so then you figure a strategy to get you, and you don't try to be a pole vaulter the first time out and set the Olympic record. You just want constant progress that you don't uh, retract. In a world with so much noise, one thing that always makes us a rock star salesperson is the ability to build trust. Let's hear from Todd Duncan. Where does the trust element come in? The whole thing. I mean, the first law has to do with trusting yourself. You know, if you don't trust yourself in the real estate business, if you don't trust why you're doing what you're doing, if you don't trust your motive, if you don't trust kind of the purity of this is about a relationship, nothing else matters. The other 13 laws, you can throw them to the, the side of the, the road because they're just not going to matter. And then when you, when you create a plan, I mean, do you trust your plan? You know, yeah. if you don't trust your plan, you're yeah. not going to execute the plan. Uh, do you trust your skills? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't trust your skills and you're not good, you're not going to go out and make the right calls on the right people and nail the business. I mean, if I mean, trust is everything. So it's, trusting it's, yourself, trusting your process, trusting your ability, trusting your team. So why is it that so many people? <clears throat> and I know there's you know there's going to be a ton of comments on this. Why is it that so many people just don't trust themselves, the process, the the script, the technique, the strategy? Why is that? I think it's I think it's two things. I think it's fear. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in, in the commission-based world, there's a lot of pressure to perform. Yeah. And, um, you know, the more you, you, the more you focus on just performing, the less trust you actually create. So we need to mitigate fear by having a purpose. You know, why am I an agent in the first place? Why am I trying to help sellers sell and buyers buy? Why, I mean, why is that? It's got to be much more than the money. If it's more than the money, then the fear goes away. And fear is replaced by confidence and faith. And if I have confidence and faith, then I will execute at a higher level than when I don't. And here's what's interesting. That whole idea creates belief. And yes. whenever I succeed in the marketplace, because I have faith in myself and I have confidence around my motive and I'm able to do something that up until now I haven't been able to do, then my belief about what I trust, why I trust it, goes up. And then I play at level two and then three and then all the way up to you know one level of your 10. concepts, level 10. So it's, it, it's the... Um, it's the numeral uno thing that people need to get their head around. If you don't trust you, nobody else is going to trust you. Hey, at this point, you've got to be in a growth mindset listening to all these insanely great people. Check out my buddy Tiffany Bova, author of the book, The Growth IQ. She works for a little company called Salesforce in charge of innovation and growth. Check this. So Clayton Christensen says in his book, Competing Against Luck, everything's a job from point A to B, mm -hmm. right? So I need a ride a taxi ride, or I need to get from one place to the next place. That's yes. the job I need done. Yes. So why do I pick an Uber over a taxi? Yes. Right? Because the job still gets done. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's three things. One, I travel around the world. I don't have to carry currency. Mm -hmm. Or I don't have to have money on me if yes. I'm in the U.S. Yep. Okay? And I don't have to worry about a credit card machine not working. Yep. The, the second one is that it directly connects into my expense report now. Yes. So it removes this other step I'd have to take. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when I catch a cab, it's like, I think it was $6 and it was really 16 because yeah. I don't remember how much I spent. Do you I need spent. a receipt? Yeah, do you need a receipt? Remember hearing and that? Fill, do you need and, a receipt? And then fill it in yourself. You're yeah. like, I, I, somehow I'm always on the wrong side of that equation, yes. right? And the third reason is because I travel alone a lot, uh, someone will know where I was last. Yes. Okay? So those are the three reasons. Not oh. so good for people like Jameson, Winston, whatever, <laughs> the football player right now, but <laughs> sorry, personal note. <laughs> but but, if, yes. you, but if, you, if you think about those two things, the reason I chose one brand yeah over another was totally experience-based. Yes. And I have stood on a street corner uh, in the snow when it's mm -hmm. freezing with mm -hmm. my phone in my hand watching taxis drive by, mm -hmm. waiting for my Uber yes. during surge pricing. 
which means I'm actually willing to spend more. Yes. So customers have told us in a lot of research we've done and a lot of research that's out there that they'll actually spend, spend a premium of up to almost 15% yes. for a better experience on a brand. Yes. Think hotel, think home you're going to buy. Yes. One condo over another condo, and yes. one condo has a pool and a gym and a concierge and yep. all of those things. That's all experience-based because yes. your apartment, right, is still a place you live and sleep. The job is being done. Yes. The rest that the building has or the other amenities a home mm -hmm. has mm -hmm. is the experience someone puts in it. And, you know, many people will say, careful how much money you put in a house, you might not get it out from an mm -hmm. investment standpoint, mm -hmm. right? Because the other person might not appreciate that experience yes. the way you appreciate yes. that experience, right? Yes. But that's all experience-based. So I think that when you start to realize that you and what you deliver is also part of that experience, yes. it really changes the game, really yes. changes the game. Sometimes we just need a kick in the butt to get out there and do our absolute best. This guy does it for me every time we hang out. Nick's opinion. I think champions are born. A lot of people think you can make champions. I respect your opinion, but no matter who you are, Without a team, baby, it's almost impossible to be a champion. You can have all the talent in the world, but you must have a team and a plan in place to develop talent. And also, along the way, you may have to adjust that plan. I flunked a written test because Italians don't know how to read in college to become a Navy pilot. Instead, I became a master paratrooper. But you know what, everybody? Every time a plane went by, I said, someday I'm going to fly me in a jet. 41 years later, I flew with the Blue Angels, baby, in the F-18s, and I did not do poo-poo. Okay. Champions find a way to make it happen. No matter how long it takes, they find a way. Champions find a way to get through their nerves. Don't be embarrassed to say that you're nervous. Everyone is nervous. When I made my first jump, an officer or a sergeant jumped first or last in a mass jump. I happened to be an officer. This little buck private looked up at me. He said, Mr. Lieutenant, you going to jump? I said, yes. He said, you scared? I said, son, I have a diaper on. <laughs> and believe me, every time I jumped, I was nervous. So don't be ashamed to say you're nervous, but find a way to get over it. Never, never use the word, I can't do it. So many years ago, a young boy, 17 years old, I took him to Washington, D.C. to try to qualify to get into this big tournament. He had just signed a multi-million dollar contract with Nike. Got out on the court, had his hair all duded up, looking good, baby. And he didn't make the qualifying round. 
I walked out into the coach's box and I said to his brother, Philip, where's my boy at? He said, Nick, he's across the street breaking his rackets. I walked across the street, everybody, and I said, Andre, what's wrong, son? He said, Nick, I don't have it. I can't do it. I said, Andre, do I have a watch on? No. Don't you ever say, you can't do it. But say, I will do it. Two weeks later, we went to Vermont, beat the number six player of the world, and went on to be one of the best players ever. So ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what it takes, you find a way. So many people give up too quickly. If you ain't nobody, ain't nobody gonna talk about you. And no matter what they say, you say thank you and let the results of what you do in life do the talking for you, okay? So this is the first time we've ever done something like this on the Tom Ferry Show. I can't wait to get your feedback. My only aim was to create that arc of perspective, to get you to think differently and begin to believe, as all my mentors and friends have helped me do, to believe that you can do it and that anything is possible. Can't wait to see your comments. See you soon. Hey, I'm Tom Ferry and I wanna say welcome to real estate. Now, there's a pretty good chance no one's told you there's an 87% failure rate every five years in this business and there's only two factors. Agents don't have the tools and they don't take the right action. I'm gonna invite you to click the link below and get access to the tools so you can win in this business.